Welcome to Solution Focus Possibilities Podcast. We want to help you have more productive conversations in whatever area of work or life you find yourselves in. What better way to do that than to invite you into our own conversations as we discuss our solution focused practice, our different experiences and findings. We hope you find this helpful, useful, and inspiring. Welcome to our podcast. So, hello again, guys. It feels like, um, well, it has been ages since we've done our last podcast, actually, yeah. hasn't it? When when was the last time we sat down to do a podcast? No, a couple, couple. It feels like almost a couple of months ago now. Was it October? Mm-hmm. Something like that. For, but for people listening, they might not sense the uh, the lag because the recent episode went out only recently. So uh, we faked it, everybody. <laughs> Basically, we have seen each other since then. In fact, it's probably been quite a busy time mm. for everybody, really, hasn't it? Mm. What is it? What's everyone kind of been up to over the last little while? I mean, we could talk about the book in a moment because that's okay. obviously a, a thing that <laughs> today's subject is. And I know that a lot of your time has been kind of, um, yeah, spent on the book. But is there anything else that you guys have been up to? Yeah, hmm? we're running um, the six-week course with Iran. So Tehran University, we're working with Iranian students. Um, so that's been going on. That started... Yeah, I love I love the way when Beaver says that he just uh, names it as we've been running that six week course with Iran as in like the whole country. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah that's, that's been really good fun. Yeah. Um, and you know, getting to meet, um, yeah, getting to meet some of the professionals out there, albeit virtually online, has been has been brilliant. That's been great. Um, and we've got another COVID catch up coming up as well. Uh, I think I'm I'm in charge of hosting this time, which is uh, Bieber's forcing us to uh, improve at the roles that we're not so naturally inclined towards. So, you know, I, you know, I would normally be the sort of like storyteller or you know, Greg would be devising some sort of intricate and very detailed exercise, and a mm-hmm. uh, Bieber is brilliant at welcoming everyone and and chat away so but quite rightly Bieber says we've got to swap roles so nice. um, yeah so if anyone turns up to the COVID catch-up next week um you'll be welcomed by myself somehow anyway <laughs> this is gonna be an indicator of like what people <laughs> think of us if no one now arrives for the COVID because they're like I heard of the podcast it was Ben <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna skip that next one. Yeah, stay away from it. Yeah, uh, and Mike. we should say, Bieber, you're you're currently away, aren't you? Just in case people are wondering if there's any kind of mic differences and stuff. You're where are you at the moment? I am in Slovenia. So apologies for everyone. I forgot my mic behind, and I'm going to sound Slovenian. <laughs> it's not the easiest thing to kind of take on the plane, I suppose, is it? I just so. forgot. <laughs> <laughs> Greg, what have you been up to? Um, what have I been up to? The thing that comes to mind after building a table, that, like it has nothing to do with that. So. <laughs> has, your son, has your son been involved again with power tools this time? No, no power tools this. Well, say, um, 
maybe it's been a long process it more right. more on the painting side of it and the varnishing side they love that but yeah nice i'm oh, sure cool. i've been doing lots of sf stuff as well honestly but yeah that, that was the first thing that came to mind because i'm nearly finished with it now so nice what kind of table is it like a, a dining room table no like a it's kind of like a small rectangle yeah small rectangular table like probably a little bit bigger than like a small refrigerator no, I feel like we need to like, put a picture of this out when you're done. Yeah, no, we'll do. We'll get, we'll yeah. get a photo of the, launch it with the podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's about a photo of the snow in Slovenia and mm-hmm. Greg's table. Yes. Yeah. What a combination. What, yeah. <laughs> so I guess that the book then, I kind of alluded to it earlier on. Um, this might even be the first time. I don't know. Have we mentioned this before in the podcast? I think we might have. I don't know. Have we? And if we have or haven't, I don't know. But anyway, I think, I think the brutally honest answer is that there were times when we mentioned it and then shied away and hushed each other because we weren't yeah. sure if we would ever actually finish writing the thing. Yeah, it's a minor miracle that we've done it. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so take us back then to um, how how did this even come about? Who, whose idea was it? Who persuaded who to be involved? Um, <laughs> if anyone listening to this podcast knows anything about us they can probably guess whose idea it was um, to to write a whole book in a very short space of time don't look at me well <laughs> <laughs> uh, it happened wasn't it it was uh, just a random day um when an email launched in our mailbox from an editor asking us to write a book and the link was that 30 years ago the same publisher published Brief's first book, Brief's very first book, so that was kind of um, at the high peak of publisher's career and now winding down and looking for last piece to sort of put a cherry on top, um, we got recommended as a trio and he reached out to us saying Hi guys, um, I'm looking for a good book, write one. And was it me that jumped? I said that instantly <laughs> got on the phone. Yes, yes, I said, yes, we are going to write a book. And then after that, told Greg and Ben, hey guys, we are writing a book. <laughs> <laughs> told being the uh, yeah. important word. There. Yeah. Well, I think I think I was I was close behind you, Bebe. I think it was yeah, Ben. This is what we're doing. Yeah, I'm with Bebe on this one. So we need to. <laughs> I remember your face going white. <laughs> with shock was it was a How book kind of like the, the the thing that you imagined doing initially was it is this completely out of the blue like was this ever on your radar i think it was it was something we like we've we've talked about writing a book and i think if well from my standpoint i think it was something i envisioned us doing but probably a little bit further down the line but mm-hmm. as people always say like why why put something off that you can do today <laughs> so and i think the, the given the, the subject of it was around like everything to do with covid as well and given all the covid catch-ups we've been doing and everything else and the work we've been doing as you know as a trio it just seemed to make sense like yeah we've got surely we've got material for this we could mm-hmm. we could put something together yeah well that's that handy that kind of brings me on to just the general question of what is it about you said it's kind of set around the, the covid is it about covid is it is that just the kind of the backdrop or give us a, a brief overview of what the, the book's about go on ben 
Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I guess, I mean, I'd, I'd been read at the time, I'd been reading some books that um, were a blend between, you know, a, a narrative and a bit of a story that uh, interwove um, some sort of therapeutic principles and teaching points. So, um, we wanted to do something similar with solution focus to you know to our knowledge that hasn't been done before and um, so the idea is that it's a you know it's it's an easy read you know that's that's what we're aiming for it's an easy read with a narrative and a story um you know with a main character that you can follow through and hopefully relate to and each chapter is designed to convey a a main principle of the solution focused approach in a way that will hopefully enable people to use it for themselves, you know, to start tapping into some of the solution focused ideas um, for their own conversations, be that, be that conversations in their own heads with themselves or be that conversations with their, their friends and family. Um, so it's, it's really accessible. Um, we're hoping that it's an easy read and that it's something that will be relevant for a lot of people given the the lockdowns we've experienced um you know the social distancing and i you know it might come across as a bit cliche but i think it's true that a lot of people have found this year tough and difficult um a lot of people suffering with some low mood that has perhaps caught them by surprise and you know this book is designed to give them some some ideas to to combat that with so, so is it is it a fair thing to say this is kind of like a is it a self help book? Is that a fair um, assessment of it, or is this kind of for? This isn't specifically for kind of practitioners who are trying to understand solution focus as a practice. This is, I guess, is it more for the average person who might need a little bit of help along the way? It's going to be interesting to see how libraries classify this book. Um... Because we, we didn't write it with the intention of becoming a self-help book, but we wanted to, I mean, it's at the core of our mission to bring solution-focused approach to new audiences. We like to call them new waves, but now with the COVID, this word has kind of become contaminated. <laughs> so uh, reach out to new people, um, to every man and every woman um, and every child. And uh, in, a, in a way, we were looking for translating the, clinical or maybe even scientific language that's sometimes used when we practice into a narrative and hence the idea that this book um, is as Ben said for everyone so we were looking we were targeting average people not professionals but by average um, I don't mean average uh, per se as in a in a a way not special absolutely that's not the point but non-professionals yeah and I was I was just gonna say I think it's that that thing of we know it can it's it can apply to anybody and be useful for anybody, and I think for some people, even even if it is practitioners, they might read it and it might just help them understand a concept in a different way. Or like everybody's going to read it through their own sort of lens, mm-hmm. aren't they? And I think yeah. everybody could take something from it. Hopefully, that will be will be useful to them. But yeah, it'll be interesting to see kind of exactly how that goes. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure of. Said this before to the other guys, but one of one of my hopes is that it it will become a book that uh, some solution focused practitioners actually sort of keep a 
keep on their shelves to give to the occasional client when they're coming to the end of their work with them. You know, something that their clients can take away to continue their thinking, you know, help continue their journey. Um, so I think, yeah, there's there's multiple ways that we hope it will reach people and can be used. Um, and that whole, yeah, the non-clinical aspect is absolutely part of what we're trying to achieve, trying to bring these principles into everyday language, essentially. And I think that can be helpful to both people who are uh, wanting to use it for their own purposes in a self-help way, and also to practitioners. You know, I think the, um, the non-clinical side of solution-focused is a strength of the approach. And the more we can adapt it to everyday language is helpful for everybody, be that professionals or not. Yeah. So what's the, the process been like then for you guys to, you know, obviously this is very new for, I guess it's, it's for one person to write a book has its challenges, I assume, but for, for three people who haven't really been able to see each other face to face in a while <laughs> um, throughout this whole process, what, what is it? What has it been like? I guess what's it been like just in general, just writing a book and then the three of you working together? How's that been? Terrible. Absolutely terrible. <laughs> awful. Awful. <laughs> Never again. Never. <laughs> no, it's, oh, it's, I don't think so. It's been no. great, hasn't it? Yeah. Um, and the whole, actually, it was interesting because, yeah, I mean, Greg and I, we jumped first, but then it was you, Ben, who came up with. Uh, the framework and the the thread um and then we split the tasks haven't we and just got on with it the thing was we were really time pressured um because our publisher he wanted the book to be finished by autumn and we were what in may weren't we um and i mean some of us had more experiences with writing a book some of us had none and we we had no idea whether we we're going to manage or not um and what happened then? <laughs> Why are you smiling? <laughs> I'm waiting for Ben. I'm waiting for Ben to say something. He oh, just, I'm staying quiet. I'm staying quiet. <laughs> no, I think I think having that. I don't know if this is fair to say, B, but I think like when you and I get going with like ideas. We're like here, there, and everywhere. We're like, oh, we could do this, and we could talk about this, and what about this over here? And Ben's just like, okay, guys, let's just slow down and come back to this. Like, let's set up a structure. I need structure, and this is gonna help us. <laughs> like, let's focus. And we're like, okay, okay, we can focus. We can focus. But what about this? No, no, focus. And I think once once Ben did that, it was like, okay, now we've got like a rough framework, and it was kind of like, okay, go away, right, and then come back. Mm. Well, we didn't we worked it around like who wants to write about what? So we were following the things that we individually like most. Mm. I mean, if any. So we wrote our favorite chapters and put it together, and then a book came about. Yeah. <laughs> so if someone knew you guys very well, and they were flicking through the book, would they be able to say that, that chapter was Ben's, that chapter was Greg's, that chapter was Bieber's? Would do you reckon people would know? Mm. I think so. Do you reckon? Yeah, Perhaps that's probably, a challenge. Yeah. Perhaps that's a challenge <laughs> for people that are listening yeah. to get the book and to see if you can be correct about who wrote what chapter. We, we might have to create some sort of a poll on, on Facebook <laughs> yeah. or something. Just yeah. to... <laughs> That'd be very interesting. Quiz. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, I think it was, I think, nearer the end. Like when the first few drafts of the book, that would have been really obvious, I think. But mm. um, we were really challenged to, um, after we had completed the sort of initial drafts of the chapters, we were really challenged to like work on each other's parts of the books, sure. to like hand them over to each other. Um, and that was that was a humbling process. Yeah, I think probably for all of us, this idea of having your your two, albeit trusted, but your two colleagues sort of pour really word for word, pouring over your work and and making changes here here and there. So um, I think probably all of our practice and thinking has has benefited as a result, um, and hopefully. You know, the outcome of that is that um, there's more sort of continuity throughout the whole thing and, and every every chapter has been mm. improved and is, is a bit richer as a result. Mm. Yeah, it's interesting you just touched on that, Ben, because that was the next thing I was going to ask you was about whether this process has kind of informed your practice or has influenced the way you, you're going to work from, from now on with your clients. Do you think there's anything you've learned throughout this process that's going to have an impact on the way you work with people? Yes, definitely. I think for me, the way the book Ben says it so nicely, like, you know, these, these drafts of, of the book that went out it. Yeah. There were several and each time, whether it be like each of us looking at it or different editors and the people that were kind of, you know, that the publisher had reviewing it, the feedback was some of it was just brutal absolutely brutal and it was yeah a lot of it was some of it (laughs) yeah a lot of it was good and constructive but there was some that was just like absolutely brutal and it's kind of that bit of like okay just like take it on the chin and let's carry on and and keep going like this is coming from a good place they're trying to make this better and yeah i think for me just that i like it was a really live example of like co-constructing something with people because like the three of us working together, writing it for one, but then also getting feedback from outside people as well as like, I don't know, really trusting that like, yeah, this is just going to get better and better. And I need to kind of put aside any sort of angst or frustration or anything else that's, that's there and, and, and kind of run with it. And I think that, I don't know, it really sticks with me when I think about like asking questions and somebody not giving and quotes giving me the right answer which there isn't a right answer but you know if you know if we say there aren't any difficult you know or resistant clients or there aren't i think this just kind of helps me be even more patient in sessions and when i'm talking with people because it is just like they're they're working hard to be thinking about this question and this difficult thing and i just need to listen and re- respond you know and that mm. kind of take it from there. So I think it's, it's helped make me even more patient because of seeing what you can co-construct with someone when you're when you're talking with them. I just wanted to pause the podcast briefly just to tell you a little bit about our online training. We have lots of different resources for you online, some free and some more comprehensive to give you a really good understanding of the solution-focused approach. If you want to find out more or sign up to our newsletter, go to www.sfpossibilities.org. I think even when... um 
even when kind of direct advice is being given. So, you know, when the ed when the external editors are putting in their comments for potential changes, um, the publisher had this this lovely approach to it that still gave us still gave us sort of control. Um, I remember him asking us to go through the editor's comments and create three columns. And the columns were, um, number one was changes that you agree to, but you'd like the editors to make themselves. Column two was changes that you agree to that you yourselves feel you can go ahead and make. And then number three was stuff that you don't want to hear of again, things that you want to throw <laughs> in the bin. Um, and, nev and never were we... You know, never were we held at gunpoint by anyone and told you must do this, you must change that. But it was a really nice, as Greg says, that way of co-constructing, even in a scenario where someone is giving advice, the control was still handed to us. And they didn't have to do that um, in this way of allowing us control over the columns and which parts we were going to move forward with and which parts um, we wanted to bid. Yeah, that's true. And it was also an interesting process when we um, got feedback from um, first editor, then second editor, then third time editing. It was comments um, where we thought that we understood what we were writing about, but we were in our solution-focused bubble, weren't we? And we wanted this book to be for every person out there. So the comments were sometimes as in, don't understand what you mean by that question. And you, then you'd be like, oh yeah, that's right. I mean, that's what we use um, in sessions with our clients in particular, because we are in the role of a professional, but when we are in the role of a person standing next to someone or a friend you wouldn't use the same language would you so it was a great learning point to see how to translate solution focus approach into everyday language so um in trainings we would would often be asked like how can i use this for myself or is this impacting your life or has your life changed as a consequence of being solution focused or using solution focused approach and this book is probably a good way to give people exactly that an example of how it can be used yeah i think yeah i think we've touched on the sort of two big things there that have come out of it for us which is as greg said the sort of co-construction element and um and I'll, i'm going to say a few things but i will pin him down later on exactly how that's influenced his practice because he skirted around it but he hasn't said exactly <laughs> how his practice um and then be you know the beaver's point around language and the simplicity of language and and is it part of our everyday use um i think is really key you know i have always felt that compared to other approaches solution focused um, does use very simple language, non-clinical language, and I appreciate that about the approach. I like that about the approach. Um, but writing this book made me realise that there is still improvement to be made. <laughs> you know, when, when we're actually trying to put these questions into everyday conversations, you realise that some of them are still just a bit odd. You're like, you wouldn't use that in day-to-day -day conversation. Um, and if we're trying to remove those clinical barriers, then we should be working towards day-to-day day -day conversation that, you know, everyone can pick up easily. Can you um, think of any examples, Ben, off the top of your head? Yeah, I think, um, yeah, I, I mean, what it's kind of forced me to do is reflect on uh, where, where something sounds a bit strange and not part of day-to-day. -day. It's forced me to think 
to think of justifications for it, to either change or justify it. So, so one of the ones that cropped up for me was um, the best hopes question, right? Easy example, people have heard of it lots before probably, and we use it in most initial sessions. You know, so what are your best hopes from um, our working together? What, what are your best hopes from our sessions? Um, and the truth is that the phrase best hopes is a little bit funny. It's a little bit odd. People don't say that. Mm. What would be more usual, what would be more normal in day to day conversation would be to say, what are your hopes out of this? What are your hopes from this? Adding in the best is just a bit strange. And so it kind of forced me to think about, hmm, why do we do that? Why do we include the word best? What's going on there? Um, and I think, you know, when, when I actually spent some time dwelling on it, you know, two things came to my mind, which was um, firstly, the sort of way that solution focus concerns itself with being as time efficient as possible. And maybe there was something in it. I started to think, well, maybe there's something about asking about someone's best hopes that gets to the nub of the issue that really sort of gets to the most important thing quicker than perhaps asking about hopes generally, maybe. Um, and then I also started thinking about the connotations of the word best. And I started thinking about, well, um, you know, the, the best is the, the person who wins, the winner. The best is the one who triumphs. The best is the one who overcomes adversity. And although maybe in a really subtle way, when you're asking about people's best hopes, you're asking about the hopes that will will sort of win out in the end, the, the hopes that on some level you know, the person believes will, will overcome adversity and will triumph in the end. So I'm still sort of throwing these ideas around, but I guess what I'm saying is where some of the solution-focused questions are a little bit unusual and not part of day-to-day -day language. It's forced me to really question um, the purpose of that and whether it is actually needed or whether it could be dropped. Um, I think one another example where I have probably changed what I do, a little one is, um, again, what is already a simple question, right? Well, this is success and achievements and exceptions that people have made. We will often ask people, um, so how did you manage that? Or how did you do that? So I'll meet someone for a, a second or third session. I'll say, you know, what's been better since I last saw you? And they might reel off a few things and say, well, um, I made a new friend and actually I did really well in my drama lesson. And, um, you know, I'm starting to get on better with my family. Okay. And if I was sort of going through the solution focused book, I would um, just go through each of those and say, so how did you manage that? How did you manage to have a better drama lesson? How did you manage to improve things with your family? How did you manage to, um, you know, make this new friend? And one of the things I've started to change is I've just swapped that for, um, so tell me a bit about that one. Uh, tell, so, okay, so you told me three things there. So you've made a new friend, you've got a baby with your family, you've had a good drama lesson. Oh, which, which one should we start with? Well, you tell me, which one do you want to start with? Oh, drama lesson. Okay, tell me a bit about that. Yeah. Yeah. And I think because I've already framed it as one of the things that have been better, um, they, they're already kind of getting the idea of, you know, tell me about how 
you know, how you how you got that. I mean, I what I'm finding, I can see Greg uh, rolling his eyes, but um, what what I'm finding is that the answers are are the same. Yeah. So um, if I ask someone to tell me a bit about about that one, uh, they're giving me the same answers about how you know they engaged more, um, how they opened up more, got more involved in the activity or whatever, as they would do as if I'd asked, "How did you manage that?" Um, I think I would caveat that, caveat that by saying um, that works with clients that I've already seen a few times. So they're already getting the gist of what I'm, what I'm doing and what I'm getting. Yeah. <clears throat> so if it was the first or second session, I would probably stick with how did you manage that? Uh, but by the time I've reached my third session, if I just say, oh, go on then, tell me a bit about that one. They've got the idea. Yeah. And they just reel off and, and, and go with it. Um, so, yeah, I, th I think it is, it is forcing me to think about, can we simplify some of this stuff? And another one would be when we ask what skills and abilities did you draw upon to achieve that? Um, and just swapping that for, so what did it take? Or what did yeah. that take? Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, I mean, solution focused is already simple in terms of the language that it uses. It's, that's already a strength of it. But I think the book has shown me that we can go further with trying to make the language accessible in day-to-day -day conversations. And... Mm. Um, yeah, now no, I'll let Greg undermine everything I've said. But <laughs> I'll get my I'll get my own back later. That's I fun. wouldn't dream of it, Ben. <laughs> <laughs> That's what these podcasts are for. <laughs> oh, I just I don't know that I've ever asked someone what skills and abilities. What was the question you asked again about the skills and abilities? Say that again. So some so either um, like what skills and abilities did you draw upon, or what efforts have you made? that have helped you to, to do that? Those sorts of questions um, and just swapping it. So for so what did that take? I don't know that I asked that what skills and abilities question. I don't know that I, yeah, that's puzzled me. Yeah. <laughs> One of you have been doing this wrong for a lot of time. <laughs> it's possible. It's very possible. Who is it? Mm. But you know, it is true when we, when we teach, um, we use those basic assumptions. For instance, um, clients already have resources they have used before, so they can use them again, things like that. And yeah, resources, skills, qualities, abilities, all those words um, are, are complex, aren't they? So, yeah, yeah. And, and we use the metaphor in the book of a backpack that people are carrying around and um, sort of um, reminding them that they've already got what it takes. Um, so, yeah, it's playing with language and metaphors, isn't it? And mm. I mean, for me, it was the way I teach more than the way I practice in simplifying the language, for instance, mm. um, especially working with trainees whose first language is not English that can be really beneficial. Yeah. So do you think, you know, if, if for whatever reason the book didn't, you know, get into the hands of all the people that you wanted it to, and it didn't have the, that type of success, do you still think that this has been a really valuable experience or, or would you kind of say, uh, if no one buys it and it's not going down well, then it's completely not worth the time and effort it's taken us. Or is just, has just the process been something that you really valued? Yeah, and I think it's been brilliant. So I don't know what you get the rest of you guys think, but I think it's it's challenged me on so many levels to like slow down and actually put my thoughts down on paper rather than just kind of yeah, 
talk about them one minute, forget what I said, and then have to come back to it and ask one of you guys, mm. what, what did I just say five minutes ago? Um, but I think also that like just the endurance of it, because it's a definite marathon and not a sprint. And yeah, just that idea to kind of keep working at something. Like I thought I was good at that before, but this, this pushed that. <laughs> yeah. It was interesting. I mean, what we already mentioned, how much control was handed back to us, which probably goes with having trust that we know what we're doing. And um, was it you, Greg, that says, said something around trying to um, instruct and such? Uh, one take from the book was it when we got some comments from the editors, like, explain what is the, the main character feeling what where are they at um where they, their thoughts go and then we were having conversations with, with each other should, should we be more instructive as in reflective of what's going on with the main character and sort of build the meta um contextual factors if you wish um and then we decided that we don't want to do that that we don't want to give too much information which would be based on our agenda but in instead trust that the reader is going to have their experiences in the way that is right for them. Um, so the book is designed in a way that each chapter at the end has some sort of exercise to take away with. Um, and the exercise comes as a gift or an invitation. It doesn't come with instructions. Uh, for instance, use this when you do that, or mm -hmm. this should be the outcome, or this is how you should interpret if the person says that. We, uh, we deliberately wanted to stay away from this because we believe and trust that the readers are going to make sense of it in the way that only they can, um, and we don't want to limit them. What made you, what made you um, want to put those kind of exercises in the in in the in the book? I think it was that idea that even though the questions are being asked of the character, there are a lot of questions being asked of the character throughout the book as Biba said, offering that invitation and that space. I think that's one of those things that, I don't know, lockdowns and COVID in this year has kind of helped with. It's almost like you, when you're in a, a reasonable space and you kind of have time, you set time aside to do something, it's different from when you're rushing around doing something mm -hmm. else. So I think it's giving people that opportunity to, yeah, make that useful for them or if there's somebody else that they think might benefit from it then they can say oh hey i've got this let me you know take a photo of it and send it to you mm -hmm. kind of thing um yeah just to be able to as ben said earlier i think kind of help it reach people that maybe it ha hasn't reached before and, and make it make it of use to people so mm -hmm. and that way they as Beaver said so they can put their own context within those questions as opposed to having to to read it in the context of the character you really really uh sf question now you guys are influencing me too much um <laughs> yes <laughs> but each of you individually how how would you know that this book has been successful like what what would you say would be a thing that the sign that all this effort uh has paid off because it's obviously been a lot of work for you guys um 
you can't say the same thing. That's the only rule. So whoever wants to jump in first, you get a chance <laughs> to go first and no one else can copy you. Sounds like a line I would use in training as well, Jamie. So you're definitely <laughs> absorbing all of the yeah. stuff. Yeah. Because I guess for, for a lot of people, and I mean, this might be, well, I mean, it is a completely legit um, sign, but for a lot of people, they write books to generate money and to, you know, have a successful business and that kind of stuff, um, which obviously is a part of why this has been done. But I get the sense that actually there's more to it than that. Well, to me, if I go first, it's already um, a success in terms of that we managed to work together so effortlessly with a lot of effort being put into it, but the process has been smooth all along and it sort of um, confirmed that we work well together as a team. Um, and the fact that we were approached by a publisher who 30 years ago published the first book of our own training institution where all of us were trained. So that came with some sort of um, pride, if you wish. So we were really happy that this happened and that we were considered as being three people who, if you wish, are stepping in the shoes of the people who 30 years ago did the same. So in that sense, having the opportunity to do this and to learn with each other from each other, that's already a success to me. So I'm already kind of beyond happy. Nice. Very good answer. <laughs> Greg's like, I wish I jumped in first and said that one. <laughs> no, no, I'm, I'm waiting. I'm waiting for Ben because he's, he's got that like thoughtful sort of, am he's I going to be nice? <laughs> am I going to be nice and be the last one? The thoughtful, the thoughtful time that the cock's turned in my, in my brain. That's, <laughs> that's what that's all about. See, Jamie asked a question that surprised us, in, and it was a question that we use all the time. There you go. Absolutely. <laughs> Do you want some time then, Ben? Shall I go? Go, go, on, Greg. All right. Oh, all right. Too kind. <laughs> I think. What would so the question is? What would be the signs of that it, this is successful? Yeah. Um. I would agree with Beaver's answer, and I know that's not going to cut it. So I, I am going to add more to it than that. So don't worry. Um, I think it's just that little thing because we've, I mean, we've done different things within it. So I think just, what is it? Just hearing back from people that it's useful. Cause that more than anything, that's why we're doing all of this stuff in terms of the training and the sessions and the work it's, it's to be useful, to be told we don't need you anymore. <laughs> like mm -hmm. that's the ultimate aim. And which isn't the best business model, but you know what, do yourself out of a job, but it to be able to help people to just get on living their lives in a way that's good for them. And after a year, like we've had, I think just any, any little bit of feedback from people to say, you know what, this helped me, or I found this useful, or it's, if it's a professional or if it's a practitioner saying, oh, that's helped me think of this differently. So I'm now I'm doing this different in my practice or you know, somebody else who just reads it and says, you know what, I had a really crappy day the other day. And I remembered I read that book and it helped me think of some things a little bit differently. Mm. So I think just, yeah, even if it's just a handful, one person says it, then it's worth it. Cause that's probably one person we might not have reached before. In fact, I'll, I'll just ask a quick question. This gives you even longer Ben to think about it. Um, <laughs> your answer. This obviously came at an interesting time in the, you know, just what's going on in the world at the moment with COVID and stuff. 
do you think that the book would look very different if this was done a year ago or in a year's time how do you think this has actually affected kind of the message of the book or the timing of the book or i just want yeah what, what are your kind of reflections on that well, I think it would have looked way differently because when we all, we wanted to write a book at some point in the future, we weren't clear, we didn't have any concrete plan and we were collecting our blogs or thoughts or things that we wrote down. So it was more leaning towards becoming a solution-focused book for professionals, maybe. I don't know, you guys correct me if I had in my intuition going places they shouldn't. <laughs> um, but not to be a book targeted at you know people who are non-professionals um so i think that came with this mm. 2020 crazy year because we wanted to be useful and by being useful we wanted to have uh, to have an an answer to something that's so yeah i think definitely if if it was a year ago or a year from now it definitely would have been been very different because i think in a sense living it and like now with everything around COVID and the various pressures of lockdown and, you know, what that means for each of us and all the COVID restrictions and everything else, I think you can't help but pour some of that into the book as well. Mm. So I think that, yeah, sort of our own experiences are probably going to be helping us to think about, yeah, how we, how we put those things together. Yeah. Um, and, and just to clarify for anyone that's listening, is the book is not time limited to this period in time in the reader is it so mm, yeah you know this will hopefully still be helpful in, in a year's time or two years time or however long yeah um so yeah so yeah go on ben so for you what what's the kind of sign of <laughs> success yeah it's sort of um similar to something i said earlier but i think a sign would be that it's a book that is that is passed from person to person um you mentioned finances and obviously it'd be better for us if everyone just bought their own copy. But I think when a book is passed, it's sort of, for me, it says two things. So firstly, the person who's passing it on and giving it to someone else, it's saying, um, I've got what I, what I need from this. I, I don't need to keep it and keep going back to it, referring back to it. I've read it and, you know, it was simple and straightforward enough to go, yeah, I've, I've got something good from that. And then also, it obviously shows that I think there's some there's some worth in in handing over and, and passing it on to someone else. So I guess a sign for me would be that it's the sort of sort of book that is worn at the seams from being passed from person to person. Mm-hmm. Um, and and as I'm talking about that, I think of um, you know all the guys who've been on the journey with us up until this point, you know, the people in our COVID catch ups, the people we've trained in Slovenia in Bedfordshire. Um, also her colleagues in, in Essex, et cetera, et cetera. And um, people who've cheered us on, people who've attended our events and trainings. And I guess I hope that they will um, find this book useful as well and that they might be some of the people who are um, able to be the first to pass it on to someone else. And that it might be helpful to them in that way in terms mm. of something something else they can give. Because um, I see they're amazing people and I see an awful lot of care uh, for the people that they work with. And, you know, my hope is that this is uh, an extra little something that they can use to show um, that extra bit of care towards towards their clients and to pass on these these books. Yeah, yeah, lovely. And, and I guess so people now are listening to this are probably like, oh, I want to get hold of a copy. 
I really want to go Hopefully. read this. Because, um, <laughs> you know, it's, you're clearly passionate about it. Um, and it's been a lot of work. So, you know, where would where would some... I know it might be a little bit premature to ask this right now on the 7th of December. Hmm. Um, but it might be bigger just to kind of outline to people at this point, if they were interested, where would they go? Uh, to find out more and then eventually to get a copy. What what are the kind of time scales around this as well? Well, I'm gonna. We haven't mentioned the website yet, and I feel like there always needs to be a mention of the website. Um, so I'm gonna just pick somebody at random now to actually say out what our website is. Biba. No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, it's www.sfpossibilities.org, and the first people that are going to find out as soon as we find out. Uh, people on our mailing list so we're going to be sending out emails as soon as we um, have the news so if you'd like to be included drop us an email at info at sfpossibilities.org yeah and obviously once uh, we have that information as well we then put that through our social media channels and all that kind of stuff as well so uh, yeah if you're interested you know keep up to date with us on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter as well so so yeah so well done then guys it's obviously been a long old i say long in terms of effort but actually remarkably quick in terms of turnaround time as well so you've done very well um how does it how does it feel that you just done now it feels weird yeah it's like what what now <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's one of those things like you realize how much time we're putting into it because now it's like oh we've got all this time to work on all these other things now like yeah I've written another blog post for the first time and I can't say how long and like, yeah, getting ready for know courses and yeah. 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 Let, let's plan another course that's yeah. influenced by our experiences writing the book. Let's do that. Yeah. That's a good idea. Well, mm -hmm. yeah. Soon ben? the book will be uh, turned into a film. <laughs> they just, yeah. just kept quiet. Like, no I, more. I was certain that Bieber was about to say, Oh, I know. Let's write another book. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking about it. Yeah. 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 Cool. Okay. So thanks everyone uh, for listening again. And um, yeah, hopefully we will put something out relatively soon about the book uh, along with some more podcasts and stuff in the future. I guess right now, so we're early December when we recorded this, I guess the next time we'll be speaking on a podcast will be after Christmas, I imagine. Mm -hmm. Uh, which is, I feel it's weird to say that now. Yeah, it feels yeah. miles away, but it's not really, is it? Yeah, two and um, a bit weeks now. Yeah, so I guess we wish everyone a really happy Christmas, yeah, and, and a new year, and hope everyone can have a relax, relaxing time in whatever way they they can. Um, and I hope you you guys do as well. You deserve yes. it. No, likewise. A relaxing Christmas as well. So, um, yeah, we'll see you all soon. Thanks, guys. Thank you very much. Merry Christmas. Merry, Merry Christmas. Christmas. <laughs> Bye. Cheers. Bye. See ya.